Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and this week I'm joined by the very fine Scott Hodge. Hi Colin. And making his comeback, Ian McCready, how are you doing Ian? Good to be back. Yeah. Good to have you back, we've missed you um, and fair play for turning up uh, turning up today when it's, you know... When the team didn't he? <laughs> when the team didn't he, uh, approximately two hours after uh, the, the Livingston game finished, so... Uh, it, it might not be the most enthusiastic pod that you've hear, that you hear. Um, just to start off, though, uh, absolutely heartfelt condolences from from all of us. Uh, the news that Tom Forsyth passed away at the age of seventy one. Uh, he he's lived to a dream. He spent ten years at Rangers, most famous for his winner against Celtic in nineteen the nineteen seventy three Scottish Cup final. Obviously, two. Too early for any of us to remember him playing for Rangers, but he's very well thought of uh, among the Rangers community and an absolute shame and terrible news. So Rangers kicked off at Livingston uh, today and Ian, probably fair to say that after the last few weeks, there was a bit of optimism going into today. What do you think? Definitely. And even more so when we found out that Dykes wasn't playing because... Gave us a bit of a hard time last time, but yeah, literally we are back to the old, same old of last season, not able to break down a packed defence. Yeah, and I the news with Dykes not playing at all, and also Robbie McRory couldn't they play, and I thought that's that, that was two major advantages for for Rangers. 
bit of a surprise, Scott, and seeing Joe Aribo not in the lineup due to a slight injury. It was it still should have been a strong enough team to get get the result. I I said last week that as soon as you I don't know if I jinxed it maybe, but as soon as you take Joe Aribo out, there's a big big hole missing. I think he's maybe Barisic as well, but he's probably he's he's probably. Out. Up there with our most important players. I'd I'd argue that he probably is our most important player. I think obviously we put a lot of emphasis on the fullbacks, and if they're not playing, like we looked the last season, and you had Halliday stepping in, Flanagan, we were a much weaker team. But Joe Rebo is so crucial to this side, and we've seen it badly today. Um, I think it goes back to the question we need another midfielder because there's nobody in our team like Joe Rebo, to be quite honest, and it was. You know, sort of far too defensive. I thought it's we weren't defensive, but it was just no spark really. You know, and we looked at Hadji and Kent, and unfortunately didn't really provide it today. Aye, I think Ariba was a massive miss. Um, Ian, I'm going to ask your thoughts on Scott Arfield first of all. For me, he's been. I don't know if it's because he's not. I don't know if he's maybe got worse, or the team around him have got a bit better. It doesn't look as if he's making the same impact. Uh, I know well, early on in the season, but even through pre-season, I don't know, he just doesn't look his former self, does he? I think it's probably a bit of both of those, where, we, like as you say, Aribo and Hadji are probably better players, and Arfield's that one year older, and just maybe not had enough game time as well, so he's, he's not looking as sharp as he as he would have in the, in previous, uh, in the previous season. Um yeah, I, I don't think he made much of an impact today. I can't really remember him doing anything, to be honest. Um, he just he just didn't have that impact. He, he doesn't have that. You know, Aribo, we've seen Aribo pick the ball up and dance past four guys and create something. Arfield's never going to do that for you. Um, I, I don't feel we like when you've got Arfield, he's, he's the kind of guy who's going to arrive late in the box or. Like go beyond a, a striker who's who's coming deep, and and I don't don't think he done that that often today. I I think as well when we signed him, he was a Premier League player and he was like the best we could attract, and that's how he stood out so much. But as you say, another year older, players are a lot better. You know, probably last season with a thought of the R field. And it's like Joe Rebo needs to get that level, but now it's as if he's just absolutely shot by him because. You know, as you say, he's not as he's never been a quick player, but when we signed him it was like that is a real good signing for Rangers because as you say, his pedigree and everything and we definitely seen the effects. I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off right away just now, but I it's it's a big step back and it's it's what I feel as though we talk about the same things and all that, but like it's you know, I mean it's about improving the backup supply is when Aribo comes out of the team when when you know Morelos comes out of the team, we've got somebody that can step in, and really, you can't see a difference. So I feel, I feel for Scotty Arfield, but you know it's early days. We can't be writing him off just yet. I'm sure he'll do a big contribution throughout the, the season. You know. Well, so and then let's just stick with the midfield where we're at it, uh, because I think the back five today were pretty solid enough. They'd done their job. Even the two field backs, they were constantly bombing down the wing. I couldn't follow them at all. It just seems to when we got up the pitch, that's where the, the problem started. So, 
Jack and Kamara both playing against Livingston, who were firmly playing a 6-3-1 formation. That whole playing two defensive-minded midfielders, I'm, like, I, I'm okay with that if they will try something different, but too many times they just want to roll the ball over, take that extra touch, and when your front four, your front three are having an off day, you need somebody from midfield to come in and and take a take a gamble. Do you think like it's maybe a bit of a criticism in general? Do you think it should just be like you know I feel as though they over scrutinise things sometimes and talk about game plans and all. It's not just think like all right, okay, we're playing Livingston, we know how they're going to play, right? Formation, you know what I mean? Putting our striker on instead of Kamara or something like just put Roof in, like it'll work out. You know what I mean? Like people drop back and everything, play Hadji slightly deep. You know what I mean? Like just just get a lot more attacking players on because you know what they're going to do at the end of the day. Ian, looking at the the kind of, the kind of two inside forwards that we were playing behind Morelos, Kent and Haji, both had different types of games where Haji, I don't think he just looked at, he didn't look at the races at all today, the game looked as if it just passed him by and Kent he can't fault, fault him for trying, he was trying to get something get something going but is he maybe a bit too one dimensional, drop my shoulder too much, what's your thoughts on the two? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Adri's been great yet this season. Like he's been we we kind of bursts and stuff like that, but I don't think we've seen him in one game where he's just absolutely taking control. Um, Kent, I thought was our best player today. He, was, he did seem to be the only person who, who things were working for. Um, he, had, he was unlucky with a shot just wide of the post. Um, I think he had one shot that had a really good block as well, and then the shot the keeper saved. Um, so, to be honest, Kent's the only person who's actually done anything, hasn't he, when you think about it? Yeah, I don't know, I think, yeah, he does drop the shoulder, but it does still seem to work. I think sometimes he's, he's guilty of maybe trying to beat a man more than once. Um, it should be beat the man, get it in, um, or find it, beat the man and find someone. So, yeah, that would be my thing with Kent. He's, he's guilty of maybe overdoing it at times. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you're right there. Um, I don't know if he does. I don't know if that's maybe something that, well, no, definitely is something he has to work on. I think we found that in the last half hour on Wednesday as well. He was one of the ones that was maybe overcomplicating it. Um, you know, as you say, beating a man twice or maybe try to be a bit too technical rather than just being direct, getting the shot away earlier. But uh, I think he was one of the ones that would have got past marks today. Uh, Rangers didn't really threaten at all up until late on in the game. Uh, Borna Barisic had a terrific free kick, saved fair play to the keeper. Um, he actually rattled himself off the, off the post. <laughs> <laughs> fair play. Um, and Rangers made a few subs, took Morelos off, came out of roof, came on, Cedric Gittin came on, Brandon Barker and... It seemed to be when the 82nd minute went, Rangers thought, oh, fuck, we better try and get a goal here. Yeah. And I, I think if we had that level of pressure for half an hour, Livingston crumble. I think that's arguably the easiest 80 minutes Livingston will play this season. Uh, what was your what was your thoughts on the subs that came on? 
uh, and Morelos going off as well. Should we have kept Morelos on a bit longer? I think, aye. Um, I think just should know how they're going to play. It's you can't really you can't really fault them for thirty minutes. You know what I mean? Like they're obviously doing their best and stuff, trying to get shots away. But we're, we're too pass friendly in the final third. I think we just need to begin getting shots away, balls in the box, you say, maybe overplaying a bit at times, Ian, and, you know, it's end of the day, I think it's just too much panic, and, as you say, the 80 minutes, you know what I mean, we should be, should be doing that, at, from, obviously, get, go, ideally, but, you know, at the second half, you should really be like, let's not leave it, waiting in the last 10 minutes, and, you know, just, uh, just get going, gung-ho, as you say, like, from, from the second half or whatever, so I've got no complaints about taking them people off. Probably uh, at the end of the day, like, Morelos isn't the best form in his life, so I can see why I took him off. But obviously, your your team's a lot stronger when he's playing. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily it's um, harsh to take him off or whatever, you know. So no, I, I think no no player is unsubbable, but I just think when you're chasing a goal. I, I don't I don't know why we didn't take off like Kamara or somebody and put it in up front with Morelos. Like Ryan Jack could have uh, played that holding midfield position himself. Like when him and Kamara were just really passing the ball over to each other. I think I think today when he brought on Brandon Barker, it's just not the game to bring him on. There's just no space for him. We've seen when Barker does well, it's when he's got space to run. And Greg Stewart for me would have been a better option. Um, and like you say, bringing off one of the holders as well. I think sometimes G- Gerard's a bit. Um, he's a bit. What's his say? What's his say? I think that maybe Jack. I'd probably have taken Jack off over Kamara, just more for Kamara's athleticism. Whereas if, if you know if if Livy did get a break, I'd fancy Kamara to catch the guy. I don't fancy Jack to catch the guy. Um, just for that, just more more the athleticism, I'd have kept Kamara on. But I'd have taken Jack off uh, and I'd have got Stuart on. And, and Greg Stuart's the kind of guy who can take the ball in a wee tight space, like Arable, and, and, and make something happen. I'd probably have left Morelos on as well and just flood their box with bodies. Like, just get as many people in that box as we can. Roof, Itton, uh, Morelos... And we already had Barker on at that point, but so Barker and Kent out wide, and then you've got you know Kamara in midfield, and just absolutely flood the box and just go for it because they they had a couple of wee half opportunities, but how many times did they actually touch the ball in our half? To be honest, yeah, the best chance was when uh, that that boy with. Uh... Illuminous hair shot for inside his own half, and I'll be honest, my heart was in my mouth, but it skipped a beat. And fair play to John McLaughlin, um, that, that was a tricky one just to get in the right position there, but, but that was their best chance, and like, it was a decent enough shot. Yeah. Fair play, but that if that went in, Rangers don't come back for that. Rangers, Rangers don't uh, get a goal, they crumble. Leads me on my next uh, question, Scott. Um, you know me. I'm I'm one for the theatrics and the dramatics. So when when Rangers win one one at home at Ibrox where a late goal, I'm I'm planning the title party. After today, I'm getting my Gerrards out billboard it. But 
I know I'm, I'm very emotional and um, you know, I'd go from one end to the shield to the other. But this is another another time this this Rangers team, Gerard's Rangers team, have had the opportunity to capitalise on drop points for Celtic and they've shut the bed. Is this is this a thing or is it too early in the season to call it that? Nah, I mean Rangers fans obviously getting stuck from drawing with, with Kelly last week and all hopes are all the hopes are, you know, high and things and obviously with what's happened with we, we sell it with two games getting postponed, I think it's quite clear we could have made a real statement and if we'd have won this game we were playing before then, we could have been was it ten points? Eleven we, points. Eleven points. Mm-hmm. And it's just went completely back to square one. Probably no pressure on them now, so a huge opportunity wasted, really. I think so. I don't, I don't know. It's um, I'm not I'm, obviously you're not seeing Gerard out and stuff like that. What you say, but like what, what people might be thinking, but it's, it's you need to be winning these games if you win the league, aren't you? It's yeah. you can't leave it in other people's hands, and you know it should absolutely. I don't know, three points at Livingston. You know you can understand that. Hibs away, maybe drop points. But Livingston, you should be expecting to. And, and Ian, it's I don't think it's necessarily like down the bottle. This team has shown they've got they've got stones when it push comes to shove. Like they've got they've got a result at Parkhead. They've came from behind several times. They've turned up in Europe, but it just seems to be that they they're at their best when they're chasing. Celtic, they they can't be the chased. Yeah, I think we've we'll, we'll still got an opportunity to go nine points ahead. I, I think that if, he, if he says to me, you'll be nine points ahead, okay, except I could get three games in hand, but it, it, you, nobody would turn down being nine points ahead with the other team having three games to play. It, and it, it will put pressure on them still. And uh, is it that we need to be an underdog uh, more? Like, that we perform better as a an underdog when there's a wee bit less pressure on us? Probably is, and like you say, we've performed better against better teams. I think we we just struggle so much when a team packs the box and just you know nine men behind the ball, one guy up front. It's we just we can't get past that. We just it looked like we had sorted it against St Mirren and St Johnson, but just back to square one again today. How how do you think we get over that? You know, as a and you think like we can do better, or think it's the players, or think we should you know chop and change, or think it's maybe a rebo missing? What do you think? Yeah, I'd be I'd be more forward thinking. I think for me, I'd I'd have had roof written on for the start today, and and gone. I'd play I'd play more like I remember when Barcelona played four one two three, and uh, so Xavi and Iniesta. They, they went forward and then they had, uh, well, Bus- take your pick. Yeah. Busquets was the holder, so they just had one holder and you had uh, Alaba flying up one side, Alves going up the other. I mean, that's like that's pretty much what we should have, eh? Like, and get your Kent Aribo. Uh, so Aribo would probably drop into one of the, the Javi and Yesta. You maybe even throw in Hadji there and get someone else on the right, maybe Roof. You know, just get more attacking players when you know they're going to pack the box and just get more attacking players on the pitch. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point when you talk about getting over this. You need to be more forward thinking. That's not just with the players. That is, Stephen Gerrard has to uh, take criticism here as well because arguably he's part of the reason why we we drop points when we're on when we're on the front foot. So uh, we, uh, as we said, today would have been the first game and going for eleven points clear. Why why be so conservative? Conservative, even when you've, you know, you've got maybe a, an opportunity to drop points and be level with Celtic, go for it, go for it. I think as well, if if, if that game's at Ibrox, we probably win. You know what you're getting when you go to the Tony Mac. The spaghetti had fucking laugh over the Tony Mac. You know, like there is no surprise that they are going to all out defence. A draw is a victory for them. There is no question that they are going to. You know, lumber three or four players. You know, attacking. You know exactly what you're getting. Like, so why are we not thinking about that? You know what I mean? Like, why are we? I know we say this every. Why are we playing like an SPL when it's not a big team? Like, why are we playing two open midfielders? And I think Gerard's proved a lot of people wrong by doing that in the past week because the freedom. I think it was on RTV during the week that Barisic was the furthest player forward. In the full team, like an average, like mm-hmm. an average position. So, of course, that works well. Like you know, they're more, you know, Jack Kamara holding the fort and blah blah blah. That's great. But in their games, there is absolutely no. Especially need to... when it's not working. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, but we're probably playing about so like four one. We're playing like seven people in defence effectively because they're so defensively mm-hmm. minded. So, uh, no, I completely agree. So. Moving on uh, further back into the week, Rangers won three 0 against St Johnston at Ibrox and very comfortable game. Uh, goals from Abona Barisic, free kick, Ryan Kent and Joe Rebo getting the other two. Ian, um, this was so, so different for today. It was such a routine win. It was kind of like Walter Smith, uh, like his second spell in charge, when Rangers would start off flying on the front foot, get two or three goals, and then. Be shite for the last half hour, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the four changes killed that game, didn't it? Just... This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was game done. Like, um, but yeah, it was good like to get that. I thought like St. Jonathan were, were both decent until we scored. And then... There was it was just all us. Um, after that, I mean, 
Yeah, it was a what, like you say, it was a fairly routine victory, uh, which we've not really been used to for the last couple of years. Um, but then, as like we've seen today, another was it another false dawn? Let's hope not. I know, and you know, it, it was so nice to have that luxury of being able to ruin the game by just putting on four subs, and obviously we brought the first look at Cedric Gittin and Kmar Roof. Uh, oh, sorry. We'd already seen it, but we've got a first look at uh, KMR Roof anyway. Um, just Almost a last look. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> that was a horrible tackle on KMR Roof. I think any any foreign player coming to the, the SPFL or coming for a different league, you should look at tackles like that and just be aware that, you know what, that's... <laughs> That's usually just a talking to up here. <laughs> By the way, you might you might lose a knee. Um, Scott Borna Barisic, uh, the Gallant Few Player of the Year for last year. He would, I thought he was tremendous on Wednesday night. Aye, I think I said that actually as well. Like we're going to be lucky to hold on to him. There's again blue tinted specs and all, but like there's very few left backs. That I can think of such a good delivery set piece. Like I was, I was actually listening to Clyde's Super Scoreboard and stuff like that, and they were like, "That's been a couple of times you've been listening to that know, man." It's, it's, becoming a habit. It's good laugh in it, <laughs> but it's. Um, I mean, it was just like fucking. You know what I mean? Say, if Kieran Tierney went for twenty-five million, surely the free kicks and set pieces is worth an extra five million. He should be going off no less than <laughs> which is like absolute <laughs> shit talk. You know what I mean? Barisic is twenty-seven for one, and Kieran Tierney was like 21, 22 or something when he went. But he's he's a he's a fantastic talent. Again, like I said earlier with um, with Joe Aribo, he comes out. We're going to see a big, big drop off. But to get somebody of that quality as a backup is never going to happen. So I think you do need to accept it in certain positions. But oh, he's he's been superb, absolutely superb. I think he's been, you know, the the player, maybe one of the best players of the preseason, like up to now. I think he's been fantastic. And just on the pricing structure, there, I think we're missing out that. He comes off a ready-made song, which is an absolute <laughs> anthem. Um, so that's worth at least five million in itself. But Ian, I think that is um, a good point that Scott makes. Through the last few weeks, we've been talking about Morelos going. I'm not as worried about Morelos going or when he goes now because we should have Itten and Kemal Roof um, up and running at some point. Uh, his replacements are already there. If Barisic goes, I think we're up shit creek with a paddle because uh, we've not seen enough of Calvin Bassey yet. So it should be yeah. able to bring in another left back at the moment. I definitely think we should. Uh, well, if, if Barisic isn't going to go, then I don't think we can bring in another left back because what do you do with Bassey then? I mean, I, I don't think we can. Aff- we can. We probably can't afford to have three left backs on the books if. Barisic wants to go. I think I've seen Barry Douglas has been linked with Celtic. I think he'd be a good shout. I think he's 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 thirty. I think is it. So he's he's not that old. He's he's also similar quality and like when it comes to um, free kicks and, and crossing and stuff. He's very good with the free kicks and crosses, and he's a Rangers fan. Um, so someone like Barry Douglas, I think, would be a good a good shout if he went. 
It's quite because Leeds are linked to Barisic, isn't it? So you you would maybe think, like, okay, well, you can give us, I don't know, well, but ten million plus Barry. You'd maybe think that, wouldn't you? I, I don't know because Barry doesn't go into a karma chameleon. Why not? Barry, 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 Barry. I've got an 80s pop uh, playlist on my Spotify, so I'll give that a wee listen tonight see if I can find any alternative songs for him. Um, so, just on potential transfers out. Uh, Gerard's been very open in his press conference, conferences about Greg Doherty and Ross McCrory. Uh, it's looking imminent that both of these guys will be going out on a permanent permanent basis. Scott, um, is this the right time for them to move on? You're laughing again, yes. Yes, Scott is laughing because I'm fucking heartbroken. Ross McCrory's got to go. You've not slept in about a week, have you? <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I've aged about seven years in the last seven days. I, I, I think there is, like, Greg Dock, I understand, and he is, I think everybody, let's say, he's been hard done by, he's not really had a, a proper running games and stuff like that, but, see, see to be fair, he, he might have been an option today. Do you know what I think? Like, instead of, Said Arfield, like if we'd have seen him, I know I know it'd have been very out of the blue, but if he'd have started, like it would have been like he's very, very good athlete, and he seem you know he seems to seems to do well in these sort of games. I, I think it is. I think just I think the price he's getting talked about, McCrory especially is ridiculously low. I think I know you're a big fan, so I'm not going to ask you, but he does, he has a very I can't draw away. You look at a player and he says, "Oh, he plays like somebody else." If you know what I mean, McCrory's a very. Sp- I, I can't think of MD with who, who is like him with like his size and you know as you say like his physique and things like that. I think he's a very one-off special player. So I think two hundred grand if they get him for that, that is a an absolute steal. But I don't think realistically we'll get more because he didn't. He didn't tear up, he didn't win play the year for Portsmouth, you know what I mean? We can't expect like even a million or something, but I don't know, it's um it, it's a hard one. It's uh, I, I like them both, but are they the quality? As I say, we've stepped up Arfield was a star man when he came in. Now he looks like a very backup at least. You know, we've stepped up again and maybe they're just being left behind a wee bit. My problem with Greg Doherty is that I've the, the only argument for Greg Doherty is is what he's done at other teams. He's had opportunity Rangers and he's not stood out at all. Um, under you know under Marty and, and when Gerard came in, like I, I get it's a bit harsh to judge him on the Graham Murray spell, but surely if the whole team were doing push, that was his chance to stand out. And in the fleeting chances he's had for Gerard, he's never. He's never really done it for me. Uh, but Ian, Ross McCrory, I think, is the opposite. I think he has shown his worth at Rangers at times. And I, I'll concede that he's not what we need right now in every every game, uh, week in, week out. But I think I, I think it's worthwhile putting in a, a buyback clause for Ross McCrory because I think if he goes to a Hibs, and gets regular game time a year or two time. I think he's going to be coming on leaps and bounds. 
Absolutely. There, there must be a buyback clause, and there must be, if the figure we're talking about, there must be at least like a 70% sell-on or something, because there's no way Hibs can afford them. Um, they've, just, they've asked players to take pay cuts, haven't they? Yeah. So how can they afford to spend that on a player and justify asking players to take a pay cut? Um, I think, do you know, Ross McCrory could have been the type of player we needed today. And, and then just have him holding the midfield and then just let everybody else go. And and you've got that protection for your two defenders. Um, and then he just gives the ball to a better player. Just, what, I mean, probably more than like three at the back, wouldn't it, right? So, um, but uh, I just, more further forward, Greg Dockery, if he's not impressing in training, then he's just get shot at him, get him off a wage bill. Um, as a, so I'm disappointed McCrory would be going. Um, I think he could be good in certain scenarios, away at Parkhead, um, you know, away in Europe, things like that. That's what I was going to say. Like I don't know, like see, like the European ties we've played have been perfect for the game. I'm not saying he's. He's going to mark, I don't know, who who played last, like, you know, like Porto or Feyenoord, you know, like that attack midfielder, but I'd, I'd feel very confident and comfortable with him in that role with a Jack or a Kamara, you know what I mean? Like, that is the sort of play you want because he will, you know, he will put his body, he'll put everything in the line for the team. And to be honest, is Kamara, got, you know, do you know what I mean? Is, is Kamara going to risk his career going into a tackle? But I know. Ross McCrory is the sort of boy that would do that, isn't he? But for somebody such a young age, he's what, just on 21, he's how much ground he can cover and how clever he is with his uh, positioning. Like, I'm not exaggerating, there's been times where he's done the defensive work of two midfielders. And granted, he has to get better in the ball. He's not, you know, he's not anywhere near as good a passer as Jack or Kamara, but you're right, today, like, all we needed was somebody to shore up the defence and let everybody else go forward but I think he's an intelligent player he knows do you know how people think they're probably better than what they are mm-hmm. McCrory knows that he is just there to protect the fence pass it to your likes of Hadji you know what I mean mm-hmm. play, he, he knows he's not going to trouble by four or five players player you know an assist or whatever he knows he's he's there to like you know defend and just give it off to your Barisic and things like that as well and what else I was going to say as well if you're a Hibs fan, I think you'd be absolutely delighted with that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. us signing probably Kent and Hadji, you know what I mean? How, how, how buzzing are we all? When he comes, I think you know they, they should be very excited about that signing. I, th- I think w- w- we might not even take a, a buyback on McCrory, but something else to consider would be if that Nesbitt keeps going away is ha- having some sort of first option on him. Like throwing him as part of that deal, because I just don't see how Hibs can afford McCrory at all without us having certain future um, guarantees. Yeah, there, there has to be something because Rangers, Rangers are saying that you know there's uh, Hibs haven't met the asking price yet, but Rangers have to be realistic. They wouldn't they wouldn't even enter any negotiations with Hibs if they knew they were going to ask for what they couldn't get. So there must be something else out there, whether it be uh, you know, maybe a Kevin Nisbet in January is like the fourth striker if we need to or a buyback for Ross McCrory. Uh, Ian, same with you coming in, 
Gerard has spoken about he, he needs another central midfielder. Uh, it, it can't be another defensive midfielder. It can't be. Um, but after seeing what we've seen today, this, this is still a priority, eh? Yeah, I, I definitely. I think that the Zungu thing seems to have died down. One of the stories I read was he was, he was overweight because so, he had any ball going to um, pre-season because he thought he was coming to us. So, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was one of the reasons. I, I, I don't. It's all just rumours, isn't it? How, why this deal's kind of broken down. Um, and we've also been linked with that Scove Olsen, haven't we? Um, the right winger. So, could it be a case of you bring him in, do you, you put Hadji and Ari, or Arabo more deeper and Hadji in one but Arabo's then got the freedom to get forward more um, from centre mid I don't know if maybe that's the way I'd go like, maybe just bring these more creative players more into the centre and, and get a proper right winger Yeah that's that's probably the other thing that we are still missing Scott because we, we've seen Brandon Barker today you know um, it's hard to judge him in the day because the majority of the team were, were poor, but other than him, you've only really got Jordan Jones and Jamie Murphy, who are nowhere to be seen, so should we still be looking at a right winger as a priority as well? I'm not so sure, because I think unless he's going to change his formation or have a plan B, to, to say it quite frank, if you know what I mean, like he doesn't play with us, so why would you bring in another winger? Well, this, this is my big criticism. I want him to have a plan B. But exactly, but I think we do have that there, I think. We do have wingers at the club that he can play. Ryan Kent, at the end of the day, is a winger, you know what I mean? He just doesn't play that role. Um, so, unless he's, if he's bringing a right winger, I'd only assume it is to have a, a different option in the final club, but as soon as we play a winger, I think Barisic and Tav are a bit, you know, they're playing different roles all of a sudden. They've not got the. At the end of the day, the, the way they're playing just now, they can go as far up as they like. And, you know, I mean, they, I don't care what MD says, they're, they're actually attackers, no defenders at the moment. I don't think MD would. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're playing as wingers. So, I, I'd be more. I, and I would I would be quite surprised if it wasn't a centre midfielder or a right winger to be to be honest. Well, you say like think um, that they'd be less effective, but I think since Candace has gone, Tav's been less effective. And what what always happened there was Tav would overlap or a wee underlap, and and Candace would play him in. So is that maybe what we need to get? Like we get that the the Aye. if we get the wingers. Get the the fullbacks overlapping or are we underlap, um, and then that would create more space for them to come in as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. At the very least, I, I think I, I a more attacking midfielder who can take the game with a scruff of the neck and a winger, just so we have different options. Do, do you know how much I don't like him? But see, like Scott Allen, do you know how like the way he plays? We need somebody like that today. Do you know what I mean? Just he, just a bit of player like mm-hmm. I know Hadji's quite a, probably a similar player to him but he can uncut defences with a pass and stuff like that and Scotland does that brilliantly we, we, we do need somebody like that and like who can play at another like three but yeah. obviously a bit more forward thinking you know no absolutely and I think uh, that Hadji is there 
as as <laughs> flair player, but just when he's not at it, Scotty Arfield's not got to do it. Ryan Jack doesn't really have it in his game. Um, so looking forward to next week. Rangers are home to Kilmarnock. Um, I think it's pretty much the same team we've been lining up with for me. Um, except that Arebo comes back in, and I think it's a different game next week. As uh, weird as it is, I'm not worried for next week. Are you guys? No, I think it's a completely different ball game on Ibrooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should be able to play anywhere. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But a pitch like a pitch like Livingston against Ibrooks, I'm I'm not concerned and. Listen, I, I get why Gerard's not. Why, why would you make any changes to the squad when they've been so good? They won, they've won every game by Leverkusen. You know what I mean? Which was sort of a free hit, as we've talked about. So I completely understand why he's not changed anything today. So I'd say keep credit to one-off Blip. Obviously, if Aribo's fit, play him. Balogun as well. I think. I think Balogun. Look, we've not really mentioned that, but Balogun. Probably had an impact as well today. You know what I mean? Because he is a, fall, a forward-thinking defender. Like he will always try and play out. He'll as much as as much as you hear a call him, but he will <laughs> he will go on a mazy run. But maybe that's what we needed today. Who knows? If he played, we might have created a few more chances, possibly a goal. You know? That's a good shout. Because the big problem today with Helander, uh, Golson, Jack, and Kamara, they pretty much done their job but that's all they've done and we, because the forward players were off their game we needed we needed those guys to help out a bit more so I'd maybe be tempted to make changes for Kilmarnock I think Morelos got his two goals against the Mirren but he's he's not been at it he's not been his usual like pitbull type self I don't think um, there's just something a wee bit off with him um, I'd, I'd be tempted to go away a 10 or roof um, for that game do you know it was actually it's, it's quite interesting you say that point. Do you think the because I think Morelos sort of plays off the crowd. If you know what I mean, do you know how we've talked about you know no fans, like the pressure's off. But Morelos, I think he thrives in that. Do you know what I mean? A bit of you know backing and stuff like that. Maybe he's struggling to get a bit into you know what I mean, a bit enthusiastic and you know and in, in, into the game. I think yeah, I think you're right there. Maybe it's. He needs that pressure, and you know people burn him. He probably, you know, wants that. You know what I mean? Just to say, oh, I'm gonna. Well, he's a psychopath. He obviously, <laughs> he obviously feeds off like evil energy, and uh, he's a nut job. Well, of course, he's he wants a bit of hysteria, but no, I think you're right. Um, he's not been as bad as what people made him out to be. He's actually done like other than today, he's done a decent job the last few weeks. Um, but I think it is a game we should be comfortable in, and you know it's not maybe we're not change making five six changes, but that one change we should be able to cope with, especially if the rest of the team turn up. So the very last section of the show, Ian, we're going to turn to you to be the judge. So last week, uh, me and Scott agreed the best part we seen on Rangers related Twitter was the people who tweet Rangers calling saying Mister Rangers. So the example was very holy, Mr. <laughs> Angels. So, Scott and I are going to propose the best Twitter partner um, of the week to you, and you're going to decide who's the best. Scott, what have you got? So mine's was... Uh, 
personal Blood Rangers actually now I'm thinking about it <laughs> Saturday night when he just came back from Spain but I've been singing it all week <laughs> ball and go all week <laughs> love that uh, uh, so kind of cheating here well both of us are kind of cheating here that Ian Scott actually that was the Rangers related mind was for RTV so last week, oh. when uh, Ryan Kent got hurt in the balls with the ball, Clive Tilsley said, ooh, right in the trussocks. <laughs> he said it again as well. That was the funniest part. He said it twice. <laughs> so what, what are you going for, Ian? I'd go with right in the trussocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got to say that ever more. There's no hurt in the balls. It's hurt in the trussocks. <laughs> Tweet him. Aye. Tweet him, congratulate him. Yeah, we'll tweet Clive down to congratulate him on um, the, the first ever Twitter <laughs> or Rangers partner of the week. So that'll bring us to a close. All that's left to do is thank my two co hosts. First of all, Mr. Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. Yep, and Scott Hodge. Cheers, lads. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.